This is the Plan Simple Podcast. The one for you, my dear, the woman who wears so many hats. We both know how many people in your life benefit when you're at your best. What would happen if you were to ditch overwhelm and wear all those hats with ease? I'm going to share how simple this can be. We will dive into how to make health, family, home, spirituality, productivity, and entrepreneurship more easeful. Incredible friends and guests will come by for inspirational conversations, valuable shares, and real strategies so you can plan for your best life. My name is Mia Moran. I'm a mother of three, a wife, an entrepreneur, a coach, and your host. I wear a lot of hats, and I am committed to leading a balanced life and sharing all that I have learned and am learning with you. You're ready? Let's flow. Hey, welcome to this episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. I'm so excited to be here with you today, and I'm really excited that we get to meet our guest. So our guest today is a recovering chaser of busy. Her name is Amy Mangera, and she literally lost her hearing in one ear before she slowed down enough to realize that something was wrong, right? We talk about burnout. We talk about our need to slow down and how to stop chasing busy. And it really dawned on me, speaking to Amy, how important this conversation is. And as somebody myself who considers herself to have really let go of busy many years ago. And my equivalent probably of losing my hearing was my story 14 years ago when I really decided to claim my health. I was very unhealthy. And in that story, which I'm not going to tell fully right now, but is definitely represented in multiple podcast episodes. But when I decided to reclaim my health, I really made that choice. So many things transformed very quickly, including getting off medications, my energy shifting, just being able to focus in a different way on what mattered most. And so I feel like I had this big moment that really got me to where I am right now. And, you know, it was obviously a series of events and different situations. And they've sort of one thing has been leading to the next over the past 14 years. But in my brain, I'm kind of like, you know, that was my big wake up call. And every time I've been having these conversations lately, I'm like, interesting. <laughs> I feel like there's more. And I'm really curious right now about what that looks like and what it would mean for me right now to be even less busy. And one of the things that I definitely figured out, and that's why I do what I do, and it's what we pass along around here, is a sense of calm and balance. And it's something that I know how to get to at this point. I'm not saying I'm always in balance. I get out of balance, just like the next person. And I can generally find my way back pretty quickly. And what I'm noticing these days is a lot of circumstances are happening. Yeah, there's just a lot of stuff has been going on in my family, like not my family in my house with my kids and my husband, but my sort of greater family. Different people are aging in different ways. People have passed away. And we've had, I've welcomed babies into my family. I've become an auntie twice this year. 
And there's a lot of, there's a new focus, I think, on what matters most. That's what I think the biggest shift is. I think what's shifted for me is that what matters most has shifted a little bit. And so I haven't quite gotten my whole life in alignment with what matters most now. I sort of am operating still on maybe what mattered most six months ago. And so we do that around here. So I'm glad I have my own system to lean into. And it's really gotten me speaking with Amy and really hearing her story really helped me to see like where that next <laughs> peel of the onion in my own life is. And we're going to talk about boundaries. Boundaries are a big thing as people pleaser myself and a two on the Enneagram. Boundaries don't necessarily come or communicating boundaries, let's say that, don't necessarily come naturally to me. So all of these things that we're going to talk about today are so useful and I'm so grateful always that I have this way that I can talk to all these amazing humans. So I hope that you love, love, love meeting Amy. I have one announcement that I'm going to officially introduce Amy and then we're going to get her on the show. So my one announcement is that May, and one of the reasons why I think I have the space right now to really be thinking about my own version of slowing down and busy and why all this is really hitting me is May is my birthday month. My birthday is actually the end of the month. But I always, or I always, I will say for the past 10 years, I've been giving myself a little bit more just grace during my birthday month. And that means a little more self-care, a little more space, a little bit extra journaling extra movement, extra walking time, extra sleep, extra connection with friends. It looks a little different every year. And maybe I'll do an episode on exactly what's happening this year. But that's coming up. And one of the things I love to do on my birthday month is really think about in business at Plan Simple, like what are some fun like presents? What are some fun new things, experiments that we can do that might serve you? And so here's what we're doing this go around this May. It's actually going to be May and June. My birthday is at the end of May, but I don't want to cram everything in and create busy for you. So we're going to host a series of workshops and more than usual in the course of a six-week period. And they're going to be about making plans because that's what we do around here. And I want to show you how the planning process, the flow planning process in particular, can be used to plan different aspects of our life. So we're going to kick it off by planning our summers. So whether you have your whole summer like totally Excel spreadsheeted out, you do, I'm a little jealous, or you have little bits and pieces, or you've like literally done nothing, no matter which stage you're in, you're going to love this workshop because it's really, it's going to get you if you've done nothing, or you feel like there's so many to do's to get the rest of summer sort of or get summer pulled off, you're going to have the time and space to really think through that. But even if you feel like most of it pretty solid, I think you're still going to understand some different things that you can be thinking about to really feel the summer that you want to feel. So it's not all about the things you're doing and the places everybody has to be in the organization and the more brainy stuff, but it's also about your heart and soul this summer and what they need from you and how that's going to unfold. All right. So we're going to do that. That's coming up May 5th. And then we're going to have similar. And by the way, these planning sessions they're going to be three hours long because I'm going to teach how to do it, but then you're going to actually do it. And then we're going to 
answer any questions, do any coaching we need so that you like literally have everything you need to feel so solid about in this case, your summer. The other one we're going to do is planning a project, whether that's decluttering project or building a website or writing a book or launching a company or renovating some piece of your house or I don't know, making a meal plan, like, right, anything can be a project, but we're going to really see what projects are needing to be planned. And you're going to plan one with me. And you're going to feel really great about that's going to come up. I think that's the first of June. But there's a page where you can see all of these at plansimple.com. Just go there and you'll see it right at the top. You'll see a link to it. And so you'll see all the upcoming workshops. We're also going to do one on making a plan for your health. Like what does that look like right now? So this might have looked different a month ago and it might look different two months from now. But like right now, what does it look like to make a plan for your health? And we're going to actually have some outside input on this one just to give you some tools that might be useful, but there's going to be this opportunity to plan for your health. So those are some of the things coming up. One of the ones that I keep taking on and off the calendar, because I'm just not sure how many people this resonates with, is I've been wanting to see if there's interest around, and I don't want to call it making a plan, though it kind of is making a plan, but just some of the things I'm thinking about as a mother of teenagers. And it's almost like making a new blueprint for motherhood, like catching ourselves up to where we actually are in this phase. So I've been thinking about that. I thought about throwing it in right after Mother's Day. And I was like, this is a lot of stuff for you all. It's a lot of stuff to create. I'm kind of on the fence. But if I started getting emails like to me at plansimple.com that said, oh my gosh, I really want you to talk about motherhood and what that looks like with teenagers and how to do that and how for that not to be a total time suck and how to make it really enjoyable. I feel like most of the time around it is not that we're tending to our kids, which is different than when they're younger. It's more that we're thinking about them all the time. And so we would talk about that. So let me know if that's of interest. All right. I think that's my announcement situation. If it's your birthday month, I would love you to plan some cool things for your birthday too. And I would also love to celebrate with you. So just come to my things and we'll celebrate together. All right. So Amy, Amy is recognized by the New York City Journal as a top life coach to watch out for in 2022, or she was recognized that in 2022. She is an amazing coach and she has helped people all over the world bring clarity, direction, and positive habits into their lives. She is a four-time entrepreneur with successful acquisitions under her belt. She also has a jewelry company and she's also, you'll hear in her tell this story, she's an avid runner. I think she's completed like a lot of marathons. She'll tell us maybe, but I feel like she's won awards for the amount of marathons she's run. She's an amazing person and I can't wait for us to learn from her. So with no further ado, let's get Amy on the show. Hi, Amy. Welcome to the Plan Simple Podcast. I'm so excited to have you here today. Thanks so much for having me, Mia. I'm looking forward to the chat. I know. Me too. It's funny. It's not funny, but it's like, I feel like we're going to be talking about a somewhat heavy topic, but I'm excited to talk about it because I feel like the more we can really show this community and just women in general, what happens if every choice we make, it's just so powerful. So I'm excited to dive into your story. So 
Will you start there? Will you tell us your story? Because you have this exciting, amazing new book that just came out. But like, I know there was a whole journey that led to that body of work. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm a recovering chaser of busy. That's how I like to introduce myself. I've been hustling since 21 years old when I had my son and was juggling my first business and going to school and being a teacher and all the things. And so I propel myself forward. Um, I've spent the last four and a half years on business number two, which happened to be a digital marketing like empire, I would say. And while from the outside, I looked so successful, you know, I was meeting all these milestones and people were calling me super mom and superhuman. I was basically dying on the inside, unmanaged bouts of stress, 85 hour work weeks, putting myself second, absolutely depleting my self-confidence because I was run ragged and had virtually no boundaries. And that actually led me to July last year where I had sudden hearing loss in my left ear. Turns out that I had so much inflammation in my body that it completely canceled a nerve in my left ear, which means that I'm never gonna hear sound again, even with a hearing aid in that ear. And so that was like what I like to call, yeah, my rock bottom, right? We always, you know, sometimes we have those awakening moments and that was mine. It really did cause me to have to stop and really assess what the future looked like for me. And since then, I have been on this healing journey. And so that kind of leads me into my book and chatting with you today. Oh, my gosh. And tell me, so how old is your child now? So my son is actually 20 right now. Okay, got it. I have a 19 year old, so I'm right there with you. No, oh, my gosh. It's so funny because we definitely around here serve mothers, but most of the mothers we serve, like are actually the kids are out of the house or getting closer to it. Right. Like, but I don't think we always identify ourselves in that way. Once our kids, you know, hit 12 and yet it becomes even more and more maybe a part of our lives than it even was when they were little. So it's so I wish I knew 20 year olds were difficult. I mean, this is hard parenting still, you know? I was literally, I'm going to tell a quick story. So I was literally in the post office yesterday and there was this man behind me and I don't know, we just got in a conversation because we were being yelled at basically by the people at the post office because we were coming in late. And somehow he started telling me about his kids and how they were seven and nine. And he was so excited for them to be like 12 and 14 because then he could like just, you know, hands off. And I was like literally in line with a package for my 19 year old at college with things he could like totally go figure (laughs) out how to get. But like, you know, it was a busy week and whatever. So I'm like sitting in line at the post office, like mailing him shoes. So I was like, yeah, no, it really doesn't end when they're 12 and 14. It's not over yet. (laughs) Nope, 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 nope. All right. So there's so many directions to go with this. (laughs) So, well, one of the things that I think is really important, actually, that I just want to call out, and I don't know how much you have to say about this, is the fact that your body really stopped you. And you know, our bodies are so smart. And yet often when we have this goal that we want to be healthier or less busy or calmer, you know, it's hard to put our body first in that way, especially when we're passionate about work we're doing, which it sounds like you definitely were and are. So do you have anything more to say about the fact that it like shows up in your body and like just taking care of your body? And like that to me is just like important to recognize. I do. I'm really glad you touched on that. It's often overlooked. I think that our body is whispering all the time, right? Yeah. I think losing hearing was the body screaming. But when I actually had some like, I came out of the burnout trenches, right? I started to see clearer again. I started to like go back through the last four and a half years. And in hindsight, I had a lot of whispers 
there were times when my body, um, I remember having this weird rash, like two years into my company really kind of taking off. And no matter what I did at the dermatologist, it wouldn't go away. So they just chalked it up as an autoimmune disease. And so now I have to take this shot like forever in my arm, right? Like we can't stop because if the rash is still there, then I can't go back on the medicine. That was probably the first. The other thing I'll share is I also am an avid marathon runner. So I've been like oh, facing right. these marathon goals. I'll never forget the time I was running in the London Marathon in 2021. I hysterically bawled my eyeballs out the entire time. It was like a visceral reaction of my body being like, can you please slow down? And yes. I just ignored it. And so I think like we have these signs. It could be as easy as having a stomach ache every day randomly, right? Or you get a headache at 3 p.m. Those are all signs. And so, yeah, if everyone out there listening, like don't ignore those because those are whispers that might come to pass to be a bigger issue down the line. Yeah, 100%. So important. Okay, so would you call, I don't even know if you use this word, but would you call what happened to you burning out? So it's funny that you say that, like, I think that there's kind of two ways that we use the term burnout. I feel like it's like kind of misused, which is why I wanted. (laughs) Yeah, I always educate people about this actually in talks. So like burning out, I think is a normal thing we all go through cycles of where we just are in this monotonous cycle. And we're just like, we're burnout, we just need to change. I don't necessarily know that that affects your health. But when we're talking about burnout, we're talking about a phenomenon that affects the physical, mental, spiritual, and emotional health of somebody usually comes with like cynicism at work, withdrawal, depression, like that feeling of like, I can't, nobody's around. There's nobody that has my back. I'm drowning. Like you're desperate when you're actually in burnout. And to me, the true, like the burnout I'm talking about that has like some stages to it, right? So like, you're going to get worse over time. I think when we say the term like, I'm feeling burned out, you know, that's a little bit more repairable. And you can kind of come out of that. And I think as humans, we all go through those burnout cycles. But when you're really in burnout, you've got to pay attention, because likely, you are starting to feel like not yourself. It's starting to affect your life. And Do you think this happens to a lot of women, you know, and then they don't even know it? I do. You know, it's funny. At first I was like, well, maybe this only happened to me because I worked 85 hour work weeks. And then I started to think, well, maybe this only happens to executives. But then when I started writing my book and doing interviews, it happens to stay at home moms. It happens to college students that are aggressively chasing this goal and balancing all of these things. I think burnout is the equal opportunity sucker of all souls, you know? And I think that we have to be very, very like aware of the changes that are happening in ourselves. Yes. So you've used the word chasing a few times. So will you tell us what the alternative to that is for anyone who's like, yeah, like that all sounds great, but like, I still want to make money and I still want to be a good mom. And I still have like these, you know, physical goals that I want to hit. Like, so, you know, how do I separate this idea of chasing from doing things that feel like they matter to me? Yeah, I think like, obviously, I'm very type A, and I am like a goal setter, and that will never change about me. But I think what happens is, is that we get so caught up sometimes on, you know, checking off this like checklist, it gives us those like accolades of like, we're doing a good job if we check 100 items off of our list every day. And then when there is white space, we're filling it. And so we're always putting ourselves in this position of like, 
how can I continue to be busy? Because for some reason we wear this badge of honor that says busy is like the best way to be because I'm doing my service here on earth to be busy. But the truth of the matter is, is that we do need to slow down and slowing down actually just means having some boundaries. And so for me, if I were to look back, just I could have still been extremely career driven with my first business, but I needed to have boundaries like having clear communication with my clients. Like I'm not going to answer past seven o'clock, not going over and beyond and not letting them run all over me. There's things that we do to ourselves and there's choices that we make that make us, it moves us into this in this unmanaged stress zone. And so I think it's okay to be driven and constantly have something on the calendar that you're looking forward to, but you've got to remember that there in there is balance to this, right? So there's, what are you doing to relax and slow down? For every like hour or two, you're in the fast lane driving your car. Like what 30 minutes have you put in the slow right lane driving your car? Yeah, and it totally, I mean, we talk about that a lot around here that it doesn't always have to be equal in time. It's sort of equal in energy. So, you know, walk around the block can be amazing offset to two hours sitting at a desk. So I love that. All right. So you also, I believe in your book, talk about the connection between us letting ourselves get burnt out and self-confidence. And I feel like I notice a lot the self-confidence piece. So I'm curious about that connection and you know, I just notice it a lot in our community, you know, and it does happen a lot after, you know, years of work and years of mothering. And it's like, all of a sudden, it's that moment where it feels like there's more, it feels like we're meant for something more. And then we don't have that confidence piece anymore. And so I'm super curious of the relationship between that and the burnout piece. Yeah, I think in some ways, like when I look back, I was so consumed by this job and this career, but it wasn't like a typical, I think when we are in these careers that are like consuming our lives or any state that's consuming our lives, stay at home, mom, you name it, we start to, that like is our identity. And so when we start to get burnt out and we start to realize something's not right and we're seeking like balance, like I would think back and go, wow, I didn't even have one hour a day for myself back then. And so I was starting to get depressed and like, almost like, you know what, this is the only like, I can't get out of this. I built this empire, my family depends on the money. What am I going to do? And so that was making me lose confidence. It was like, I knew I was sort of made for something else. Like, I think deep rooted, I have education and coaching in my blood, I started my career that way. And like, all I could see was like, wow, I really wish I could get back to teaching. But I'm in this hole now and I can't get out because there's nine different dependencies. So I was starting to lose self-confidence there, but not to mention that it's when we are in these situations, we start to like strip the core values and the authentic self away. Like I always say, I left my authentic self somewhere at a rest stop and I kept just (laughs) driving. I'm just driving in the fast lane. My authentic self is over here. And then I start to compromise my core values, like things I don't believe in. I have no boundaries. And When I lost my hearing and finally, like three days later, was sort of awakened, I was like, Amy, who have you become? Like, you're a fraud to yourself right now. Right. So I think for that, that's the correlation for me for self-confidence is just you are stripping layers of who you are away to conform to everybody else's expectations. Right. And I feel like we do that. That's so easily done in this day and age, even if 
burnout isn't the thing that you're worried about. But I yeah. love that analogy of stripping away your authentic self and how that connects to self-confidence. That's amazing. Okay. So you had this epiphany, you had this awakening, like you clearly like connected the dots. Like what does work look like now? Like what does work look like on the other side of all that? Yeah. So it took some real time. I think one of the big mistakes I've seen now just coaching is that sometimes we don't have the actionable step, right? Like I can have this epiphany, but how do I get to the other side? So it took me sitting down and just being like, what do I want now? Who am I? I had to like reorient myself with my authentic self. Like, what am I interested in? What are my strengths? What do I feel like my purpose is? And so I had to do a little bit of work there to get, you know, and I realized that I don't want this business anymore. There's no meaning in it. And it wasn't really driving my purpose. And so I had to make a plan to sell the business. And so once I got that, like final, somebody's there, there's a buyer, I felt this like, freeing feeling of like, okay, I mean, now it's time, like now you can move forward. And so for me, it was, you know, I didn't want to waste everything I had learned in marketing, but I did want to teach. So I started to apply for professor jobs in college. And now I'm a professor of marketing. I am so fulfilled by being able to, yeah, being able to teach college students and, you know, weave in some mistakes I learned from overworking myself. I obviously sat down and wrote this book. I went through a ton of different stages, like finding my spirituality again, really looking at how like diet and lifestyle is so important, really working on my boundaries, both personal and at work. I had to put a lot of boundaries in place for my family too. And so now for me, work looks like coaching work looks like being a professor, work looks like slowing down a little bit more. I take like three breaks a day now. I do a midday meditation session for five minutes. I think when I introduce myself as a recovering chaser of busy, what it looks like for me right now is being reminded that it is okay to slow down. And when I do have white space, I don't have to fill it with some hard work like mentally depleting task. It can actually just be filled with a beach walk or I can just go sit on the couch, like it's okay. And so I think yeah. like the purpose of normalizing that with myself is kind of where I'm at in the burnout healing process and being okay with this new slower paced like lifestyle. By the way, in our work, in my paid program, we plan together every Friday. And so I'm a huge believer in white space. And luckily it was something that just as a creative came kind of not like it was something that I always craved. And so Uh like, it's, you know, it's just part of what came with me. But I noticed that as I got better at planning, like how easy it is to fill it as we all do. So we call it now gold space. So we actually like block Uh it off, like, because you couldn't write with a white, you know, there was no white block of time. So I was like, let's just make it gold so that we can actually like hold the space. So we do that now we call it gold space. I (laughs) love that. So that's like, yeah, that's like forbidden time. You must use it for yourself. I love that. So I'm actually interested as well in, because I feel like, you know, because I'm just like making so many assumptions here, like you have a 20 year old child. So I'm guessing your age and all the things and I'm equating now that you run and you run marathons. So I feel like there's this, like, because there's so many parts to our whole selves and, you know, many of our listeners are either entrepreneurs or working and they're balancing like motherhood and sometimes caregiving for parents. And then this desire to be healthy. And it's always interesting to me how easy it is for even 
the goal to get healthy, to like bring in some of this like burnout perfectionist energy, just like into something that's supposed to make us, you know, better and healthier. So as an athlete, like, do you have any extra thoughts on sort of the burnout piece and like the trust in the process of that and maybe how that shifts over time? I don't know. I'm just curious about that as somebody who considers yourself an athlete. Yeah, I think that that's actually, gosh, such a great question, because I do know, especially in the thick of burnout, marathon training started to just be a chore, like I lost the love of running. It was like, what, I have to go out now for 60 miles this week? Like how I don't want to do that. Oh, my God, I literally cannot even fathom that. (laughs) Just for the record, I'm like 60 miles. It's wild. So I actually had to sort of, it was funny in this whole like healing process, I realized, you know, I think that like, even if I've slowed down my career, I'm still like doing the whole like overly busy person thing Mm -hmm. when it came to racing. So I found myself starting to put like as many races on the calendar as possible. Oh, interesting. Um, Yeah. And so I had to be like, okay, you know what? you're going to literally just take a break. Like I'm not racing for a period of time. And so I just like went out for runs. I actually challenged myself to like not wear headphones. And it was like trying to move my body and find joy in the sport that I had so much early on before this burnout happened. And I got hyper fixated on goals and checking things off. And so I'm kind of in like a race dry spell right now. I'm literally have this, I think that we have to sometimes just be okay with moving our bodies. Like movement brings so much, so many benefits to us. How about we stop using the word exercise? We stop being like, I got to do high intensity training. Let's just move our bodies and not have the same rigorous expectations to it. I think what I've learned in the last five weeks is the joy is so much more. It's so much more. Like I love going outside now for 30 minutes. I have no expectations for time. Nobody's like tracking me and I'm listening to the birds chirp in the morning and smelling the fresh air. And what it's taught me is a lesson in just being present and just really enjoying myself. So yeah, I think we do have to, I, we really have to look at these other facets of our life and ask ourselves, did we just replace the same behavior in another one of these facets? Because I know a lot of my coaching clients, suddenly they're workout aholics. Yeah. And then you're like, wait a second, I think we're moving down the same track, just a whole different path here, right? So I think we have to start removing expectations from some of these things. And we need to go try to just search for joy. And so yeah, that's kind of where I I love joy. I mean, and we recently Mm -hmm. did a podcast episode about this, actually. But I love that word. And I love it over happiness. But I love that it's like a measurement, even, you know, like we always feel like the measurements have to be like, you know, the miles or the marathons or whatever. But like, I love joy as measurement. And I just want to acknowledge that it's hard, especially when you're used to more, you know, going faster, wanting more. Joy to me is like a slow metrics almost like it's like if you're not slowing down, you can't even recognize it. Yeah, you're right. And I think it's really been a test of just being present. And I know a lot of us struggle with that in this world where we're constantly distracted. I can't tell you how many times I've been out for a run the past few weeks now that I'm so like more aware of what's going on. And I see people stopping to just text somebody in the middle of their run. And it's just like, ah, you know, you're stripping yourself of all this beautiful scenery of the birds chirping, you're stripping yourself of the time and silence that you have, right to just have solitude. And I think that's the other thing too, is if you're like me, if you're listening, and you're like me, solitude is a scary thing. 
like sitting mm. in silence, being with your own thoughts, like, nope, I'm just going to find something to distract me. And so right. solitude has been a lesson. And I feel like the growth has been an exponential, just being able to have those moments of solitude. I love that. All right. So I'm assuming you have some ideas for anyone listening who's like, this sounds amazing. I can see like the parts of my life where this is coming up and it's too fast and too busy. And maybe I, you know, I still have my hearing and there's still things I work, but I can see how like I'm on this path. And I don't know that I can shift careers or like, mm -hmm. uh, you know, if it's around motherhood, obviously you're not going to go get rid of your kids. Yeah, absolutely. So what are some of the, like, are there tools and things that you recommend, you know, if, because I feel like you did an overhaul, which is actually very similar to my story. I did a complete overhaul 12 years ago. So, but I feel like that's not everybody's story and it doesn't need to be. Absolutely not. And every single person that I coach right now, or I sit down to help is in the scenario of this is happening right now and I can't really change it. So how do we make it better? How do we help them get out of the situation and just make it a little bit better? And so I think the very first thing I like to tell people is like, can you start to just make a list of any time you can see yourself dealing with a bout of stress? So like those triggers that we're starting to feel. They happen at work all the time. You might go home to your partner every single night and complain. That moment of complaining is the moment where we need to open up the journal and write it down. So when we start to list these things over a couple of weeks, we start to see some patterns and trends of things that are causing the unmanaged bouts of stress. The best part about all of this is, is that there's a solution because our greatest human capacity here, like the best thing we've got is the power to choose. And so we get to choose the course of action. We get to choose how we respond to these things. And so what I tell my coaching clients is once we've got a good list going, we start to move into solution mode. So maybe you are getting super stressed out and you're missing lunch because your boss is continuously putting random meetings on your calendar. Well, that screams boundaries to me. And so you need to think through what does a boundary look like? And then you decide that you get the boundary, you have to communicate that boundary. But at the end of the day, I know there's fear, right? That comes from the boundary, but at the end of the day, your boss is going to respect the boundary. You just have to be willing to be aware that there needs to be one and put it into place. And so that is really my very first step for every coaching client is just to get that list there's so many triggers all the time that are causing us stress. And hell, back when I was running, those were triggers for me. I'd wake up at five o'clock and I'd be like, well, I have to do my six miles because the marathon's coming. And if I wrote that down, I could be like, Amy, why are you even running this marathon? You don't want to do this right now. It's not the right time. So we have to stop. What we have to stop doing, and this is hard for most people to hear, is blaming everybody else for the choices yeah. and the situations that we are in. We have to help ourselves change. And so yes. I think this is my best like tip to get started, especially if you're in a place where you're like, I can't leave my job. Yeah. Well, and, or you might not like want to, like, I feel like I hear, yeah, like, you know, yeah. the blame thing a lot and it's like, you might not want to, but also that doesn't mean it's other people's fault. And it's funny how this like circles back around because it feels like, well, it's like clarity. So you just, that list makes a lot of clarity, mm -hmm. but it's sort of a self-confidence thing to be nervous about asking someone else, you know, to mm -hmm. about implementing a boundary if you're doing that with someone else. 
or you're needing someone else to help. You know, sometimes there's self boundaries, like we need to honor yeah. our own time, but sometimes we're asking things of other people. Yeah. Yeah. The best part about it is though, is that like every time you put a boundary in place, you boost your self-confidence just a little bit. You know, I think it's like, this is the process of sort of putting yourself back in the driver's seat of your own life. And you're kind of, when you're in these like cycles of real burnout, you're kind of in the passenger seat. You're just watching because there's so many things out that are dictating where your life is headed. But at the end of the day, like you do have control and it's like getting that control back is starting this lift. And that is when the solves happen. All right. Can we do some like boundary? Let's do some boundary troubleshooting. Can we do that for a couple of situations that might be on people's lists? Yeah, that's fun. So I'm just like trying to like imagine things that I've been told lately. (laughs) So what about when somebody feels like at work, they're the only ones who can do something because like the 40 other people around them, like it's just not part of their job description or they can't do it. So they're always taking it on because they can do it easier, faster, but all those little things are adding up. Like what's the boundary there? So actually to me in that scenario, gosh, this is a, such a common one. It's like, oh, they say I can't quit because what would happen? Nobody can do what I do. Yeah, this is very common. So the very first thing is, is like we've got my philosophy always is, is you cannot be the only one because tomorrow you could get up and get hit by a bus. So what I would say initially is you have to find somebody to have as like your sidekick. So for me, this boundary would be like, we need to train somebody else to be able to do what you do, or we need to be comfortable having somebody else do what you do. And so that's just looking for the right person. It's finding a way to have some time to like train that person. But I also think it's communicating this to your leader and saying like, hey, you know, it's not a really good place for the company for me to be the only one that does this. And so you have to recognize that you are just doing it. But then it's always good to just have that sidekick. And I was the person that was like, I can just do this faster. I'm not going to ask so-and-so. Or I can just do this better. But delegation is the way that we become leaders for ourselves and in organizations, like we're doing ourselves service to delegate. So I love that. I I just want to pause on that. It's the way that we become leaders to ourselves. I think that's so good. I love that. Yeah. We're so worried about like what everybody else thinks about us, but what about our own leadership? So like, yeah, we need to delegate because that is our own leadership. And so, yes. So delegation is the answer to me in that scenario. It's finding a time to get a sidekick, get a number two. And then you can start to divide and conquer. Okay. So one last question, and then we're going to figure out where we can all find this book. So I love that answer. And what I'm thinking about in reaction to that is everyone who's thinking, but like, Amy, I don't have any extra time to train somebody like that's Uh, why I'm doing it. Or like, you know, I'm going to create this white space or this gold space or whatever you want to call it. But my to-do list is still 150 things long. So like, how did you get comfortable making the time, making the space, both for yourself, for creating boundaries, for not running, you know, for running, whatever Mm -hmm. it happened to be? Like, does anything come up with that question? I think it goes back to that awareness piece, the list. And I know it's so silly. And I know sometimes when I'm on a coaching call, like my clients are like, seriously, you want me to generate a list? But it takes awareness to make change. So while you have fleeting thoughts all day, that's not enough to make change. So if you get this list, I would say the next real goal would for me and my coaching clients and everybody else I'm giving advice to is you got to prioritize it. I think you can prioritize it in one of two ways. 
sometimes it's easier just to take the quick wins. So maybe there are a couple of easier boundaries that aren't going to be as uncomfortable to set. For instance, maybe you just have to communicate it to your family instead of work and you know your boss makes you nervous. So maybe you should start with those. That's option number one. Option number two, though, and the route that I took because I knew my self-confidence was low and I was looking to make some change for myself. Option number two is you need to look at the priority of what is weighing on you most. And so if you are not able to check anything off your to-do list because you have this huge piece of your time every day that's being sucked up by something that only you can do, that needs to take priority. You need to tackle that first. You need to focus. I like to say slow down and focus, meaning that you need to slow down and focus on that component. And so those are the two ways I would tackle this. And it's super uncomfortable, everyone. It isn't easy. But once you start to do it, you're going to feel more confident and it's going to be easier. So just rip the Band-Aid off that one time and you're just going to feel a little bit more confident for doing it. Well, and it sounds like that mimics with what you did to sell your company. Like it was like, oh, that's the big thing. Like I can't have this anymore. Yes. And then does that in your experience, so this is my experience, but in your experience, once you made that choice, did it happen in record time? You know what I mean? Like, did it feel like it happened quicker? Or no? To me, it actually did happen quick. It was like July to October. It was a pretty rapid thing. And I think it's because I focused so much on getting that solution. Yeah. My experience when I got healthy 12 years ago was that it was like a really big change I was making in my life. And at the time I had three kids who were under five. So it was like (laughs) I was running a company plus I had that. So like the space for health felt pretty like low on the totem pole. But I tell everybody it was like fast and easy, not necessarily because it was like it happened in a week, but it felt really easeful because it was so aligned. And I think that that's what happens when you have that focus. Do you know what I mean? So like in the grand scheme of a Mm -hmm. lifetime, it just feels really fast when you get that level of alignment and focus on something, even though yesterday it was like the thing that was causing all the pain. I do agree. I think that I immediately, when I knew there was a date in sight, I was like, yeah stripped of all of this weight. It was like, wow, I can breathe. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for your story. And is the book, what, tell us about the book, what happens in the book? Yeah. So the book is the path to break free from burnout. It's how to reclaim and recharge your life. What I tried to do is make it super actionable. So there is a QR code in the book that actually has downloads to a ton of worksheets that you can work through as you move through the book. So if you're somebody who recognizes you might be in a stage of burnout or you just want to prevent it from happening to you, like this book is going to be a great set for you to have. And it's basically broken through self-care tactics that I use to heal myself. And like I said, there's actionable downloadable worksheets so you can hold yourself accountable. And like I mentioned about the boundaries, that boundary list generator and everything is part of the book. So you can get it on Amazon and barnesandnoble.com. Awesome. Well, we will put the link in the show notes. And thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, yeah, I'm really excited. I'm excited you're bringing light to this topic. It's so important, especially right now. Thanks for having me, Mia. You're welcome. 
At the end of every episode, we always share three doable changes so you could take what you've heard and put it into action because action is where change happens. And here's the thing about action. It doesn't have to be huge. Often the things that we're wanting to change feel really huge. So we think that we need to have actions that are really huge, but often big actions just stop us in our tracks. They're too overwhelming. So the doable, smaller kind, they really do add up. Like, really. So I always choose three doable changes from every conversation, not so that you even need to run with all three of them, but so that you can pick the one, the one that really resonates with you this week, that you can add into your life, add into your calendar, make part of your practices, and really make it your own. And when that's true, then you can add in the next one. All right, here are three from my conversation with Amy. Number one, make a stress list. When you are feeling stressed, make a list of what's going on. Do it for a few days. This really helps us to see the patterns that emerge. And here's the thing. It takes awareness to make change. So creating awareness around what is stressing you out will make a big difference to you starting to do things that don't stress you out. All right, number two, set a boundary. Boundaries put us back in the driver's seat of our life, and that is where I want you to be. You'll gain confidence as you set them, so you can choose an easier one to start with. Don't go all out for the hardest one right away. You can, again, do this over the course of a week or even longer, right? You can set boundaries at home or at work. For example, an example of one at home would be you might tell your family that you aren't available to problem solve until you've been home for, I don't know, maybe a half an hour. Have you ever like tried to walk in your door, you turn the handle and already someone's yelling at you (laughs) that they need something, right? So just you need the transition. You're making the boundary that you need a transition when you walk in the door to being the amazing human in the house from wherever you've been before you walked in the door, right? You might tell your boss, this is a work example, that you are going to start to take your lunch and that you don't want anyone to schedule meetings during that time. Sounds totally reasonable, right? And yet so often a boss or a client or somebody might schedule, we might even say yes to a meeting. So set a boundary. Now, both of those examples are ones where we have to make an agreement with another person. If you want to start off even easier, maybe with one that you don't have to tell somebody, you could figure out a boundary that you could set with yourself. The only tricky thing with this is that you might look for some accountability on that so that you hold yourself accountable to your own boundary. But an example of that might be, and this is one that I really need to experiment with, is maybe I'd leave my phone downstairs charging after dinner so that when I go upstairs, it's not even there. It's a boundary. I'm not going to be on my phone after 9 p.m. at night or whatever it is, right? So that's a boundary with myself. All right, number three, practice slowing down. When you're used to chasing busy, slowing down can feel really uncomfortable. So block off that white space, or as I like to call gold space, on your calendar, right? It's almost like you're giving yourself an opportunity to be a little bit uncomfortable. And use this for non-taxing things that maybe you even enjoy. And shift your thinking from this is something that I've said I have to do to simply 
doing things that come up throughout the day, right? So let's use exercise as an example. Let's say you say you want to go on a run. Well, there's all these things that you might need to do in order to be able to also listen to music on your run. Well, what if you just didn't do that? What if you didn't create more busyness? What if you just went for a run? Or same thing with a walk, right? A walk without your phone. What if you didn't need to have all the things? You could just let yourself slow down and be in the thing that you are doing. All right. Those are three doable changes from my conversation with Amy. I hope you love them. I hope you choose one. And I cannot wait to see you on the next episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you know a woman who wants a little more simple and a lot more flow, share this episode and send them over to the Plan Simple website to download our free course. And if you can find a five minute window today between meetings in the carpool line while you're eating your lunch, head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. This one action plays such a big part in helping other women find us. And I have so much gratitude for you in advance. So thank you so much. Until next week, dream big, plan from your heart and have a great day. 